0: Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes.
1: Welcome back to the Elevate Your Event podcast where we talk about all the ways that we can help you make your next fundraising event better than the last one. And today we have a really cool topic and this is probably one that most of our clients don't think about, but then once we educate them on it, then they become really interested in and that's around the idea of authenticated merchandise. So this is typically signed stuff. So in the studio with me today, Is Kristen Wheeler?
0: Yeah, I'm excited about this topic. We've been talking about having having this episode for a long time. I know
1: because it comes up every time we do Mm -hmm. an event. We're looking around saying, "Is that signature real or not?" But the the really the the special guest we have on the podcast today is a good friend of mine, Ray Schulte. Ray, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Talk about your company and kind of your background as it relates to memorabilia.
2: Good. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. You know, I always enjoy talking about this. And, and if there's any way that I can actually contribute to somebody, you know, looking down the right path and, and uh, doing the right things. And, and, you know, that's such a, it's, it, it's for me, it's, it's satisfaction because I, I know once you, when you go down the wrong path, it's hard to get on the right path. And so for, for, for me, the, the authentication is so important. We've had conversations over and over about this and trust. I think trust in your business is really important too. And like you mentioned, a lot of the, a lot of the people, especially in the nonprofit sector, they don't know what they don't know. And, and that's a, that's a, that's an issue. So education is very important too. And I know that, you know, I know you, you you pay attention to this and, and you mandated that, uh, you know, the the clients that you have, you try to educate them as much as possible. But, you know, there's a lot of turnover and there's a lot of things going on in the category. But my background comes from, you know, I was with a New York, I was with J. Walter Thompson, New York ad agency back in the 80s. And I got the, I got the idea that I wanted to package ball players just like I package a box of hot cocoa on the retail shelf. And, and back in those days that, that wasn't that wasn't happening. And so I quit and you know I look back and I go, wow, what did I do? But, you know, it was one of those impulse moves and I'm glad I did it. But I started working with athletes. I was packaging athletes. You know, Sugar Ray Leonard was one of the first guys that kind of got me to this point where I I felt it was, you know, an opportunity. Pete Maravich was another guy. Don Mattingly was my first client. And along with representing an athlete, you have to actually, you know, it's not just maximize opportunities. It's protecting them from the elements, and protecting them from, from the people out there that want to take advantage of you. And back in the 80s, it was pretty rampant in terms of unauthorized forged signatures, whether it was Joe DiMaggio or Mickey Mantle whoever. And uh, you know that had to be cleaned up. I worked with Major League Baseball closely, and we got to the point where you know we put out a campaign, and and we, Major League Baseball started authenticating, and so people started coming, you know, coming together and understanding, you know, the process, the need for it, and so from that that point on, I, that's kind of what I've been doing. Really, is not uh, not just managing athletes. I work with corporates. I work with. I've worked with nonprofits in the in the past, trying to put them in, in a frame of mind where they can, you know, with confidence, go out and solicit items. Because, you know, most of the time, an executive director either he or she will do it themselves, or she'll they'll hand it off to somebody. But they don't have the background. They don't understand why something is authenticated, authenticated why it isn't, and. For sure, they can't tell the difference. Many people in my industry can't tell the difference. And so there's authentication companies that are out there. And and so they help within the industry. And But you know, again, what I found out in the nonprofits is a lot of them, you know, a lot of people were handed down stuff that they didn't even know what it was. And you know, it, was, it was a signed baseball or program or, or whatever it may be. And so the first thing they had to do is try to figure out, identify what they had. And then, you know, what do they do with it? So, you know, at this point in time, you, I can tell you that if you have something authenticated, whether it's by a company called JSA, PSA, Beckett, it, it first of all, it enables you to, to sell at confidence, probably make 20, 25% more than you would would make anyway. Because of that confidence, and, and, and a lot of people would put their own holograms on it. When I say like local people, and that doesn't fly when you're trying to sell some, you know, something to Seattle or try something, sell something to Miami. And Hambidge's in the in the position where you were selling things throughout the country, sometimes and many times internationally, and so you need that you need that level of confidence and. And and also too, just just for the people that are watching this, the authentication is just an opinion. It's obviously an opinion from somebody who's done their due diligence, somebody who knows the industry, somebody that that follows that for a living. But it's still just an opinion. But I'd say ninety five percent of the time it's correct. And yeah. so you know, I I just I just think that is so important, especially in the nonprofit sector, and and people just need to know you know just what they have and, and how to go about it in terms of being able to get it authenticated. And also to look at the value of it too. Many people don't realize, you know, how much is a Mickey Mantle baseballs worth? And, and so you you've kind of have to get your tentacles out there. And what I always say is get, get to know somebody in the local market that you can trust. At least has an understanding of the the industry. At least can point you in the right direction and educate you. So, right. That's kind of it in a nutshell.
1: No, that's good. so let's unravel. There's a, there's a lot in there that you talked about that I think is going to be helpful. So let's let's unravel this. I want to t- I want to tell a couple stories. the The first one I want to tell is is something that you mentioned earlier, and this goes in line with charity fundraising and authentication. and And I had known Ray for some period of time. And so my mother-in-law had attended a, a profit fundraiser and at that fundraiser had purchased a Mickey Mantle signed baseball. And I mean, I don't think she was any of the wiser of it. And I think she spent a thousand dollars on it. And, you know, to her, it's like, this is great. This charity got this donated and then I'm going to, you know, spend a thousand dollars with the charity anyway. And I'm going to get this great baseball for my, my grandson. Well, I thought one day, like, as Ray is educating me on all of these things about sports memorabilia, I said, I really should go up into Jake's room and grab this thing and ask Ray if this thing is real. So he saw it on like a, I think I took a photo of it and he's like, "I oh, don't. you better send this to me. I don't think so. So I mailed him the baseball and you were off at a conference and I think you took it and showed it to JSA and PSA who are both reputable authenticators. And they both said it was fake. Mm-hmm. And it's just a bummer. I mean, and you know, look, one of these days I'll, I'll replace my son's baseball. He doesn't care right now. But, you know, is this one of those things where you know the charity had probably no idea that this was not real, and obviously the bidder had no idea that was my grand, you know, my my mother-in-law. She had no idea that that this was not real, and so that's the unfortunate part of this. And this is where the education comes in. And, okay, so before I tell you where where Ray and I met, I'm going to tell another story very similar to that, and that was another auction that I was at. Ray was not there, and we were walking around, and they had a Bruce Springsteen signed guitar. And I'm like, okay, I got the drill on this one. I'm just, again, curious whether or not this is real. So I took a photo of it, texted it to Ray. He texted it to another colleague of his, and it came back with a definitely fake response. Oh so I had to go tell the auction manager, hey, I hate to tell you this. I know you got up to $4,000 in bids on this guitar. This guitar is not real. And of course, she's thinking, how do you know? And I said, because one of the most, I would say, respected authenticators in the market, somebody who's been on Pawn Stars many times has seen the photo of this and is telling me it's not real. And so we took it out. You know, she, we deleted the bids on it and we oh. removed it and that opened up. You know, to where are charities getting this stuff?
0: That was going to be my question for Ray is, other than going directly to organizations like your local baseball club, where should people be looking to to have a higher chance of an authentically signed piece of memorabilia?
2: That's a great question. You know, just one quick thing before I get into that. Back in the days, I understand this too. Back in the days in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, Babe Ruth era, you know, these guys you would have their secretary sign the ball. They would have and Babe Ruth when he was on his when he was on his deathbed, he had the Smart. nurse nurse sign the ball, gave it to his niece. And 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 so there's that's why you need to have it authenticated. But where you get to, where you get the product from, you really just have to find people that you can trust in the industry. And you know, there's there's kind of collectible shops throughout the country, big and small. And just to get to know these guys and, you know, they can help you out with product too, but ask questions, find out like, you know, who do you use for authentication? You know, where do you get your product from? And, and, and if, if you're really going to be in it for the long run, when I, when I say long run, I mean, like five years, you, you want to do that because normally, you know, back in Back in the early days, I remember when I was working in the nonprofits. You would just put the feelers out there, right? And anybody who was in your, you know, congregation or anybody who was, you know, party or organization, they would just go out and ask people for things. And you know, a lot of times that's where you got a lot of the unauthenticated stuff. But you just got to make sure that everything is, you know, you can talk to a JSA or a PSA, and they go around the country. I mean, you go to their website, you check them out. And they may be in Denver, Colorado, like in two weeks. And what you do is you just go down there, introduce yourself, establish a relationship with them. And so that like when your next auction or your next situation, you have somebody you can call and say, hey, listen, I've got this, this great item. You know, what do you think? And, and they, can, they can do some, you know, kind of like what I call preliminary authentication you know, via email, via yep. text, which will just kind of give you a say, hey, you know, maybe we need to take a look at better or absolutely not, no way. But I think you just get educated and, and you, because you got to get educated because of the value anyway. And, and, you, and the more you do that, the more, you know, bigger the return you're going to have. and, and But you have, at the end of the day, you want a hologram on that piece, you want to a certificate by itself doesn't help unless you have the connection to item and the certificate which means you have a hologram on one and the same number of hologram on the certificate that connects the product that connects because otherwise you can just a lot of people in the old days what they do is they get a like a a signed baseball and they just write their own certificate and so that looked like it was real and like in a lot of towns small towns throughout the country People didn't know any better. Well, this guy gave me the certificate. Well, who was it? Joe Smith. Okay, well, Joe Smith is not an authenticator. You know, he, right. and he may be doing it deliberately, or he may have been just doing it by, you know, being naive or making a mistake. But either way, you don't want that. You don't want to handle that that call that, that you get where they said, you know, I spent like $500, and this is not real. You know, that's... That's the thing that from a nonprofit, you don't want to hear. Right.
1: No, I agree. And, you know, I think the the best place to get a piece of signed memorabilia is from the person who's signing it. Maybe, you know, even take a photo of you standing next to the guy while he signs it or something. Those are hard, right? That's hard to do. You can go to your local professional sports teams and they will give you stuff. And they typically now, I would say, are doing their own authentication on these, right? They're giving you their own certificates. And that's I don't know. I, to me, I feel like that's relatively new because back in the day, even several years ago, we weren't getting those, say, from the Denver Broncos, but, but now they, every single item comes with it, and I think that helps.
2: But here's the thing, Jeff. One of the things you have to understand, too, is like, let's say you get, you get something from the team. It has a certificate. But if there's no connection between the, the, the item and the certificate, then, you know, what they can do is just use that certificate for something else. You know, right. and so that's why that connection has to be there at all times. It can't be just a one, you know, just a generic certificate. that the t- even from the team, I mean, it's, it's all goodwill intention, but it right. can be misconstrued or, or, or deliberately taken advantage of by people out there who who do it for a living. And and there are people out there that you know they'll you know, they'll forge your they'll signatures, items, memorabilia. And so you just have to be aware of that.
1: Yeah, and let's so let's go back to you know, Kristen's question about where do you find something. So when when we when we brought up the issue with the Bruce Springsteen guitar being fake, then I asked this auction manager. I said, okay, so where did you get this? And so she she tells me, and we go and we look it up. Ray and I did, and it's a website, and they have like everything Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen. They have everything you can think of on this site. And there's like inventory of them. Like they went and got Bruce to sign 10 guitars or something like that. And so I was like, okay, that's a little fishy. Then we pull up their terms and conditions. And I don't I don't know if you remember this, Ray. I they basically said on there that it was a violation of their terms and conditions for you to take any of their stuff and have somebody else also authenticate it. No. Mm-hmm. And that I said that would be like going into the doctor and getting a like a a diagnosis on like a heart problem. And then the doctor telling you, you're not allowed to talk to any other doctors no to see opinion. if I'm right. No second opinion. Mm. And I said, who does that? Right. You know, and then they had some comment about how they're all ex-FBI forensic analysts or something like that. And they're signature experts. And anyway, all of it sounded fishy to me, but especially the part where it's like, we, we do not allow you to take any of our merchandise and have it authenticated by somebody else. And so- I just I look at that and say, anybody, if you're out there looking at s- merchandise and an authenticator tells you you're not allowed to get a second opinion, you run from that authenticator as fast as possible, or you run from that merchandise as fast as possible.
0: Well, and I'm thinking of an example like Peyton Manning, who is not connected with a specific team anymore, but I would bid on something that was signed by him. And it seems like I'm sure he has his his foundation and his agents and his people that you can write in to request. But what if a friend of a friend of a friend is his next door neighbor and gets something signed and he tosses it to them? Sure. No problem. You get it authenticated, but then you don't have a certificate of authenticity or does the authenticator give you that?
1: The authenticator does. Like, I, I don't know what you think, Ray. I would probably mail this to Beckett mm-hmm. and have them authenticate it or yeah. take it to the national Conference or something like that.
2: And I think, yeah, you know, I think he, again, a little knowledge helps. I mean, Peyton Manning, we know that he's, he's associated, affiliated with fanatics. So many of the holograms are going to be from fanatics. And like you said, if somebody, if he just tossed the ball to somebody, you know, that's, that's okay, but it's not going to be more than you think. And so, you know, somebody like, and, and the great thing about in today's world, you know, with the industry being so hot and, and so, so humongous now, there are card shows and local shows, regional shows throughout the entire country. I mean, almost in every city, large and small now, there's some kind of card show, signature show, whatever. Authentication, any authentication company most likely is in that show. Because that's where they make their bread and butter, you know, from people coming in from the outside to get things authenticated. So a show is a good place to go to get educated. It's a good place to go to bring your stuff. If you have five items, you have no idea what they are in terms of, you know, are they real? What's the value? You know, you can take them into a show and find credible people that will, you know, steer you in the right direction and tell you, you know, what you should do about it and i think that's you know that's the biggest thing This the show that i'm i'm going to in chicago is like it's like the world's largest one for collectibles and every authentication house every grading house every appraisal industry person would be there and a lot of people come for that exact reason you know just to kind of get educated and to make context i mean you You know, you go into a retail shop, you go into a, a, like a show and you just, you're there to make contact so that you can make reference once you need to down the road. If you have an auction like six months from now, at least now you have a reference. So I met that guy in Denver, he's with JSA, I'm going to give him a call and I'm going to, I'm going to see, you know, are they coming by? Can, you know, do I need to get these authenticated? Now, obviously you know, and it's all based on menu pricing and all that. So like a Babe Ruth baseball is going to cost a little bit more, but it's the values more, but you don't have to pay for, you know, maybe a you know, third baseman for the Rockies or whoever. It's not going to be as much. So, you know, it's all relative. And, and, but I think networking is probably the best thing to do. And I, and Jeff, we talked about this just by having, you know, like on the, on the website, having just reference, you know, in terms of, people that they can contact to get educated, to to find yeah. out what's going on. And, and I just, I, I still think that's a great opportunity.
1: Yeah, no, I think absolutely it is. And, you know, and I think that's one of the things that's on us here at Hamid. I think any mobile bidding company needs to help their customers understand where to get, not just like reputable providers of this merchandise, but also how to get their stuff authenticated. So we'll make a commitment to do that. Um, you know, in the, in the weeks upcoming here to have some sort of information page on that for sure. So let's also, so, so we talk about in this case, the reason why you need to get this authenticated. The obvious one is you do not want to sell something that's fake, right? Mm -hmm. It's embarrassing to the charity. It's, it's absolutely embarrassing to, you know, to the person buying and you're not trying to put your donors in that situation, right? The other reason, though, that in, and I got educated this, and this is the story where I first met Ray. Okay. We were doing a, we were doing an auction for one of the NHL hockey teams. And so I was actually at this event and it was kind of one of their, you know, kind of annual gay auction events. And they have obviously a ton of signed merchandise from their, from their folks. And this, this happened to be the Washington Capitals. And it was interesting because it was, I see this guy, he walks over and they're like, Hey, this guy wants to meet you. And so, so Ray walks up to me and he said, this is really cool software. Did you build it? And we're like, yes. Yeah. So we start talking and I we traded business cards. And then he was pretty excited because he got, you know, he had to leave the auction early, but he got to keep bidding in his car. Hopefully your wife was driving. I think she was. Yes. You know, because he wanted to win these items. Well, about two or three days after this closes, he copies me on an email into them and he was commenting on the fact that, there was some game used gear from one of the players, and he says this says game used on it, but it's they're Bauer shorts, and this hockey player doesn't wear Bauer shorts or whatever. It was. Yeah, I
2: it was it was Ovechkin. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I'm like, how does he know that? Right, that's,
0: that's next level. That's like <laughs> that guy that called into the TV station for adding bird sounds into the golf tournament that they were airing. So yes. that, those birds are not seasonal to this place or this time wow
2: but, <laughs> but Jeff Jeff brings up a great point because when, when you're doing auctions and let's say and I've dealt with a lot of people out there that are on the other end that buy you know vintage memorabilia you you know, you need to have as much detail as possible when it comes to let's say something of that I, I I don't remember if that was between 500 or a thousand dollars but, you know, that's a high price. That's, that's significant. When you get to that level, you better make sure your 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 copy is, you know, is, is telling that potential bidder what that is exactly because that matters. The fact that yep. that wasn't his his brand told me that he didn't wear that. But he, he apparently won-
1: wore them in warm-ups is what we found out.
2: <laughs> and, and, and I wouldn't even say that, you know, because these guys don't want to get caught photographed in a competitor's brand, you know, if they're endorsing a certain brand. And so I, I, I figured that out. It wasn't difficult for me, but I figured it out that, hey, you can't, you know, you, you can do it if you want to, but I'm never going to come back, you know? Right. And, and that's not what you want to do anyway. It's immoral. But, you know, when, when you're talking about different levels, you know, from $20 to $20,000, You better have enough detail that I want to know every single thing about that item. And and that's Mm -hmm. important. You know, now a lot of nonprofits don't really do that. One, because they don't understand. And two, you know, they they don't want to take they don't have the time to do. But I was I was running Cal Ripkins I actually started Cal Ripkins auction when he was going through the Hall of Fame. And so I, you know, I dealt with a base of, of you know, high-end collectors throughout the, you know, the mid-Mid Atlantic section across the country, and so I, I kind of got a mindset, got their mindset in terms of what they're looking for, what they're what they're expecting, and, and so for me, it was easy to you know to look back and say, hey, you know, what, all right, that, and I blame myself really because I should I should have never trusted. You know the way it was presented but it shouldn't have been presented that way so you know again a lot of the nonprofits profits don't don't really feel like it's necessary to to do that but a guy who's good if you're going to spend five hundred dollars and you're not me you're gonna you're gonna want to know exactly what's going on with, with that product and, and it's and it's true today i mean i I don't spend anything unless I know you know you, you've got to be absolutely clear you know what you're selling me or else I will do it because not not just because there's fakes out there but just misrepresentation or, or misidentifying it or not not giving enough identification on it, it, it I'm not going to spend the money I'm not going to go you no. go that far up so it's well
1: you're warden. not trusting it either probably right I mean and that's so. And I think a lot of our hockey clients have done a really impressive job as it comes to doing this. And I think it's gotten better over the years, but I, I learned a lot, I've been doing events for a long time. And then I got with Ray and we're looking at these items and we're saying, sure, they'll sell and they've got a, you know, maybe a Beckett certificate of authentication or JSA or PSA one, but look at this description. I mean, it says, you know, Peyton Manning signed Jersey. Okay. Well, then I hand it to Ray and we look at the item and it comes back with, you know, like majestic replica jersey, you know, blue signed by Peyton Manning in black Sharpie, the signatures on the nine on the back. You know, I mean, it's like you get all the way down to this level of detail or like on baseballs where you list out all the inscriptions that like they'll put in Hall of Fame or, you know, whatever on there. And so you you have to list those out. Because the collectors are looking for that information. And then the number of photos we took. So for all those auction platforms out there that give you one photo, I don't know how you effectively do this. Because when we're looking at something as valuable as a Peyton Manning signed jersey, that could go for $1,000. And Denver might even more than that. Like that item, like you need a close-up of the signature. You need the both sides of the jersey. I mean, there's all the, like, if I were sitting down with Ray and we were doing this, there would probably be three or four minimum photos we'd be taking of this just to make sure that anybody who comes across this that is a serious collector that will spend that kind of money is satisfied.
0: Yeah, so what are those basic elements that charities need to be including in their item descriptions?
1: Well, first of all,
2: I think, and and this is different now. I I haven't been involved in in nonprofit auctions in in a couple of years now. But I was very heavily involved in it, you know, maybe five, ten years ago. And what I, what I saw was that, you know, from a nonprofit side, they, they just didn't have the right attitude in terms of, you know, they thought, well, this is for a good cause, they'll buy it. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that attitude if, if you want to sustain. And if you want to create a database of, of faithful high-end, middle, low, you've got to really, really, you know, cater to them and at least give them the, give the appearance that you care and go through the whole process. And, and most of the time, you know, I would talk to somebody and they say, oh, that's okay. Don't, I, I, don't worry about it. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, you just missed out on like four or $500 value because if you did, and they people knew that that was, you know, a pretty cool item, they would bid on it, but they're not going to bid on it unless you give them, you know, some meat, you know. And so I, I hope, I hopefully it's changed a little bit, but it, and it all goes back to, you know, you know, how much time they got vested into the, into the nonprofit and just their outlook, too, in terms of, you know, do they understand that if they, they put in some time; they're going to make thirty, forty, fifty percent more money, and mm-hmm. they're going to have a loyal base. And that way, you can go out and ask for higher things because you know you have that loyal base. But unless you do that, you know, with my base, with with Ripken Baseball was, I mean, I knew the top twenty five bidders, and I knew what you know. Some guys focus in on game-used gloves, fielding gloves. Others were bats, others were jerseys, and I knew And so I made sure that every time we had something, that we gave them everything they needed to make that purchase. And so Mm -hmm. that they felt comfortable when they spent that $20,000 to make that purchase for that Brooks Robbins fielding glove, that they were going to say, yep, okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. Now that's a little bit of an extreme, but still, you know, if somebody's going to buy something that's five hundred or a thousand in a community nonprofit. That's a lot of money to them, and yep. you know they still want that competence and they need that competence. So, I, I always said I've in I've conversations with Jeff, you know, years ago. I just said, you know, these these executive directors or, or people that they hand off this responsibility to. They just need to be in, in a community where they, they can talk to each other. And, you know, some have better expertise than others, but if they can develop this community, it, it would help them, help everybody out. You know, whether it's, right. it's the Boston Celtics or, you know, whether it's, you know, an L.A. Clippers or whoever it may be, it's, it's an advantage for them.
1: I agree. Yeah. Hey, look, our service team's happy to help too. I mean, if you're... If you're not exactly sure, you don't know where to go, we can point you to the resources that Ray's described. If you're having a hard time finding sports memorabilia, I'll give you a couple tips and tricks. I mean, if you don't feel like you can get it locally, I understand that. Look on handbid. Sometimes, I mean, this is funny. You will find memorabilia up there that's in a city that it's just not going to sell well in. Like I've gone on and I've found Denver stuff in other, you know, other auctions Mm -hmm. And I'll bid That's on it, it, you know, 30%, 40% of what, it's, what I think it can sell for here. And you're, you're paying for it, but you're going to make a profit on it. Another good place I go, and I know, Ray, you know these guys well. I think they're great. Uh, Pristine Auction. Mm-hmm. I've gone onto their site, their sports memorabilia site. I think you can get some reasonable deals there. Stuff sells quickly there. You know, obviously the more popular stuff is going to be more expensive, But I bought a John Elway jersey on there for, I think, $350, authenticated with a certificate. And a John Elway jersey will sell in Denver for over double that at an auction. So sometimes you just need to kind of think through, like, maybe it's not going to be free, but it's just going to be a heck of a lot easier than you trying to chase John Elway down on the Cherry Hills Golf Course and ask for
2: a signature. No, no, Jeff, that's that's a good point. Pristine is a great place to to check out the, you know, what's out there in the market, you know, what it's going for, what the value is. And you'll see a mutton 95, oh, actually a hundred percent is all authenticated. But, you know, for me, it's it's uh, it's just knowing what, you know, what you can do in terms of like what the value is. And the, the whole thing about, see, I, I, I'm a, I'm an auction. I, I like to, I wouldn't say connoisseur by any means, but I'd say, I'm, a, I'm a, a realist of that. Bidding is bidding, and you've you got to give them an opportunity to bid. How many nonprofits will put something out there at retail value? You know, if, if a baseball is retail value $350, they put it out there for $350, and you don't get that bidding. In auctions, if you put it out there for like 20 30 yeah, you take a little bit of a risk, but you get those three or four people bidding, and then all of a sudden it's $500. So to me, that's what it's, that's what you really got to, you know, have a little confidence. Of course, you obviously, you, you got to know the category a little bit better so you can take that risk, but you also, you have to, you got to give that to these people. Bidders, bidders don't want to come in and just buy retail, you know, right. you, your you're, you're true bidders don't, and that's what it ends up doing. So. And I remember talking to a few few nonprofits I said, just give it a try. I mean, you don't have to do every, you have 300 items. You don't have to do all 300 items that, you know, what I'm talking about, but take about, you know, 5, 10, 20 items, you know, do it at you know $20, you know, make a separate category and get them thinking that way and, and understanding yep. that, hey, sometimes they're going to get a deal, but sometimes you're going to make money on it too, but if nothing else you you've got them like in your database and and they're loyal customers for you and yeah. you know all this thing all this goes into what i consider a successful non-profit auction all all this mindset that we just been talking about is so important and and and, I, and I'm, I'm i'm really a, i'm you know i've always been you know high in, on you in terms of what you've done and and willing to talk to the nonprofits and educate them and be a resource i think that's so important
1: no i appreciate that and that's a, that's a good way to kind of summarize and wrap up this conversation which has been hopefully helpful for everybody listening or watching in so as we talked about this you know there is a lot of unfortunately let's just kind of wrap this up there's a lot of fake stuff out there and so how do you determine what's fake and what's not you need to have some sort of authentication on it and there are only a few I'd say a handful of respectable authenticators. If you have items or merchandise that is not authenticated and it has a signature on it, you should get it authenticated. And to do that, my recommendation is JSA, PSA, or Beckett. We will put some resources out there for you on the Handbid website that will point you in those directions. Outside of that, if you're working with any authenticator who tells you you can't get a second opinion, they are not the authenticator you should be working. I think the other thing you mentioned, which is super important also, is the idea that the item and the certificate need to have a matching hologram with them, just so you know that those two things are connected. Because to your point, you know, a a sports team could print out 55 or 100 certificates that just sit in a box, and every time they send something out, just grab one out of the box and send it. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about, I'm looking at this item, and I'm going to go ahead and- you know, basically endorse or, or or basically authenticate that this particular item is real and you basically put the sticker on, right? And there's others, right? I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, and Ray, we can work with you to get the list of all valid authenticators, but I think that's a good place to start because what that does then is that gives you the comfort that the item that you're offering to your bidders or your donors or your most respected supporters is real. And so when you walk in their house you know, a year later and you're staring at the signed guitar on the wall, you don't have to say to yourself, oh, bummer, I really do realize that I sold them a fake one. So you don't have to worry about that.
2: And the, the authenticators, they, they travel throughout the country. I mean, they're on the road all the time. All, of the, all the authentication companies are throughout the entire country. There's ways of finding out when, when they're going to be in your town. And they're probably in your town quite a few times during the course of the year. But, you know, again, it's probably, if nothing else, just to go to meet them, talk to them by ease your mind a little bit in terms of, you know, know, the unknown and and give you a good networking source to go, you know, later on or sometime down in the future.
1: Right. You pull these donations throughout the year, could figure out when one of those guys is in town and you know them already. So set up your appointment or find out what show they're at or what store they're at and roll in there and bring in your latest donations to get them authenticated.
2: Well, one more thing, Jeff, the, and, and if you have like a quantity, if you have like 20 to 30 or 50, a hundred items, you could actually call up like a JSA, Beckett, or PSA, and they will come to your place. So you could actually get them to, you know, one, one, one or two, one of their guys who actually come to your place and authenticate right in your office. So, I mean, there's no reason why you can't connect with these people.
1: Right. That's great. That's great advice. So, we, we have it. It's authenticated. We know it's real. So, now let's describe the item in a way that's going to be meaningful to the real collectors out there because let's be honest, yes, you'll have a few donors going after this, but you can make considerably more money if there's anybody who does have an interest in this particular item or just in the category in general, by improving your item descriptions and in putting in the right amount of photos and taking photos of the right parts of this item, you can significantly increase its value to those that are bidding online. Would you agree?
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So so that's, I think, for for this conversation, I mean, I think we, we could sum it up right there. And then if you need help finding these things, again, we mentioned a few places Reach out to us, you know, and we're we're happy we'll to help it, you kind of find something.
0: We'll put it all in the show notes too. So you Let's can do that. Click through.
1: Ray, this has been an absolute pleasure. Again, it's always good to talk to you and uh, stay cool down there in Phoenix.
2: <laughs> we will try. Thank you very much for having me.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up this episode of the Elevate Your Event podcast. We thank you guys so much for all you do you know, and the listeners out there leave us a five-star review. If you found this information helpful, please pass on your questions and comments to us. You guys have been doing that. It's been great. Share this podcast. You know, if you know of anybody who might be interested in this particular topic or just the general topic of fundraising, this would be helpful for us and for them if you connected us. So until next time, happy fundraising.